we got some work to do. This is the Advanced Scout with Tom Offerman and Matt Williamson. Matt, they brought us back again this year to do this <laughs> Advanced Scout podcast, so we must have been steering the folks in the right direction last year, giving them a, a good look at the opponents week to week. Yeah, man, it's week one. I am psyched for the year. Oh, Apparently you're telling me. A, a, no doubt. I mean, I had enough of the preseason. We actually have things to discuss, break down games, and boy, I've dug into this one heavy. I bet you have. You've had, what, like eight months to <laughs> yeah, dig into that's this? Yeah, right. <laughs> Steelers in Cincinnati open up the season at Paycor Stadium, another stadium going uh, through a name change. Paul Brown Stadium is now Paycor Stadium. One o'clock kickoff on Sunday. NFL kicks off on Thursday night with the Bills and the Rams. Love to go over our series history, Bengals defense, Bengals offense, as always. But before we get into that, Matt, 36,000 feet in the air. What's your view on the Bengals this year? I think a lot of people like to, you know, march to the beat of the, they're going to have a Super Bowl hangover drum. Yeah. There's a lot of talent on that roster, though. It might be enough to, you know, ward off that Super Bowl hangover. I'm very impressed with where they're at as an organization, um, how they're building this team. They're being aggressive in free agency. The last couple of years, they've attacked the defense outside the organization. This past year, they really attacked the offensive line, which is a huge strength. But and this is a, you know and on paper they're very impressive and as we'll get to there's not a lot of weaknesses you know I mean there's right. not a lot of spots that are worrisome but it's different being the hunted as opposed to the hunter and you know you're not picking third in the draft and getting <laughs> Jamar Chase or first in the draft and getting Burrow anymore and I wonder if the organization the coaching staff can handle that you know it's easier said than done I look at the Ravens and Steelers and. Know they know how to win in this league and handle success. I don't know if the two Ohio teams do or not yet. Well, I don't think the Browns have shown any signs of being able to do not that. Not at all. The <laughs> Bengals, at least, <laughs> last year showing some signs of life. But you're right. Now you have a target painted on your back. It's a different kind of position that you're in week to week when you're the favorite instead of the yeah. underdog most of the time. Uh, quick series history before we dig into the Bengals. This is actually the first time that the Steelers and Cincinnati have met in the opening week of How the season. Happen? So surprising, right? How that happen? Especially because well, the that. NFL loves to start and end the season with division games right, usually. Right, right, right. I'm shocked by Just, that. It's always Steelers-Ravens or Steelers-Browns, I guess. Just never lucky enough to face the Bengals until that changes on this Sunday. Uh, Steelers were on an 11-game winning streak, but Cincinnati has actually won the last three matchups, including 24-10 in Week 3 last year and a 41-10 blowout victory in Cincinnati last year. Uh, Again, like we said, going back to the year prior, they also beat the Steelers 27-17 in 2020 despite the recent success though Cincinnati has won just 12 of the 46 games between these division rivals since the year 2000 that's pretty crazy (laughs) the series is 67 to 38 in favor of the Steelers and the Steelers have won both postseason meetings between the two teams insane that the Steelers have had such a streak of success against the Cincinnati Bengals the tide might be shifting a little bit yeah but not lately I mean, clearly right. the Bengals were the better team last year in both instances, beat them pretty handily. Uh, I saw some crazy numbers like I think the Bengals only threw 42 passes against the Steelers last year Oof. because they didn't have to. They didn't have to do know? anything else but run. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. So um, we know who the better team was last year. I'm not sure we know yet who the better team is this year. We're about to find out. But we know who the better organization has been over the decades. No question about that. 
The offense is the star of the show when it comes to Cincy. Everybody out yeah. there is probably chomping out of the bit to hear us talk about it. So let's save that. You know, let's let's push that to the end. Oh, let's okay. save the best Tease for last. I know. Yeah. We'll keep them around for the whole podcast here. <laughs> let's dig into the Bengals defense to start. I think it's fair to say that they overachieved a bit last year. Okay. I don't know if anybody thought they'd be as good as they were. So maybe you get a little bit of regression back to the mean. Really good against the run. Not so great against the pass. I'm sure they're hoping that. The run stays the same, and the pass defense can get a little better. Although, Matt, they didn't really add much to their defense. Well, they drafted defensive backs. I mean, Dax Hill was a favorite of mine. Um, but there, some of that was knowing that guys like Jesse Bates probably won't be back next year. Right. So there's you know? a log jam for him this year, at least, right, Dax Hill. Right. So they drafted defensive backs. They signed offensive linemen. Um, they've had some success. You know, Mike Hilton, Hendrickson, Reeder, as I mentioned before, signing guys outside the organization. Uh, Logan Wilson's a quality linebacker. It's a good defense. Um, you mentioned that they're better against the run than the pass. Uh, one thing I thought was impressive was they rushed the passer pretty well and yes. produced a fair amount of pressures and sacks. Despite, 42 sacks yeah, last year. and they're not a huge blitz team. Yeah, that's right. They barely they were one of the fewest blitzing teams in the NFL despite mm-hmm. the sack success. Trey Hendrickson led the way with 14 sacks. Yeah. Uh, Sam Hubbard had seven sacks, and Larry Ogunjobi had seven sacks. So. And Logan Joby's really their only major defensive player that's not back. Right. So yeah. you're losing those seven sacks to the Steelers, but hopefully someone like BJ Hill, DJ Reader can pick up the slack mm-hmm. in that department. Um, yeah, like we said, not so many new faces, at least this year, that are going to translate to on the field right. for the Bengals. Uh, second round pick, Cam Tiller Britt, I think we should note too, is on IR. So right. Good point. won't be able to see him early on. It's a base 4 3 defense, but I'm sure they'll go into a lot of sub packages. Who doesn't in the NFL these days? Sure. You mentioned the linebackers. You know, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Nakeem Smith, Gaither. Wilson and Pratt played the majority of the snaps last year, and they were. Wilson was the leader of the team in tackles. Uh, Pratt was like third or fourth. And then Gaither only played in nine games, so maybe an incre- increased role from him this year, or is he a guy that you think might be off the field when they go into sub-package? Yeah, I think he's probably off the field. Yeah. Wilson's not really – they've been looking for linebackers since Maluga. They're not guys. bad, Matt, these now three guys, okay. but they're they're not great either. No, they're not jump I, off the page at you, wow, what a great linebacker. I would still call it the weakness of the defense. I think the front and the back end are better than the middle. But they've been unbelievably weak there the last couple of years, and now they're acceptable, which is a step up for where they've been. They're certainly looking like in much better shape than the Pittsburgh Steelers will in that position group on Sunday. Stayed healthy last year, too. I think that's important to note. They did not have much injury yeah. uh, bad luck. And, you know, look at the Ravens, you look at the Niners in the COVID year in 2020. That can really ruin an entire team's season. But on the other end of the coin, if you get really lucky with the injuries and no one's leaving the field, that's going to be great for your continuity, and that's you're, you're almost going to automatically be a top half of the, the league defense when you don't have to be putting third, fourth, and fifth stringers out there. Yeah, I, I meant to mention that when you said, you know, just an overall state of the Bengals, because the opposite will be true when we talk Ravens. They were really fortunate on both sides of the ball avoiding injuries. Now, you need some luck to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, there's no doubt about that, and they got some. Um, here's a real dorky number for you is opposing field goal kickers <laughs> really didn't do a good job against them. I mean, they had great very goal weird. luck. I mean, that's weird, you know, that, and they were very healthy. So those are some things that big picture kind of work against them. They're unlike, unlikely to, you know, continue, but they're healthy now. Um, I do find it odd, and this is more of an offensive thing with them. They hardly played any of their guys in the preseason. I mean, yeah. the offense hardly played anybody. So I think it's a good time to get them, though. 
1,124 possible snaps for the Bengals' defense last year. Mm -hmm. A dozen different defenders were on the field for at least 500 of those plays. Five Bengals played at least 800 snaps. Those five players all return in 2022. So tons of experience coming back on that side of the ball. The stars are all on the offensive side, but when you look at the defense, does Trey Hendrickson now stand above the rest as the star, or do you still look at Jesse Bates, Von Bell, and that secondary as maybe the guys that carry the torch? I mean, I thought Hendrickson coming to Cincinnati last year, and I think we talked about this on the yeah. band scout too, wasn't going to be as good as he was in New Orleans. His no, last year I didn't there. expect him. And he was even better. He so was even better. it was very impressive to see him kind of keep that upward trajectory. And now I feel like he's just going to establish himself as a double-digit sack guy for a couple of years. He sure seems to. And it shocked me. I thought the signing wasn't smart by them. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. He's had two really good years in a row. He's a force. I mean, you know the Steelers' tackles are at a disadvantage yeah. against most good edge rushers, let alone a guy that I think is probably firmly in the top 10 now. You know, I mean, he's not Watt and Garrett, but I think he's probably in the tier below those guys. Consistent. Bates is also pretty much a star who's a slightly lesser version of Minka as the deep middle guy. So, no, I mean, I, I, I think that those are the two stars. I would probably rank Hendrickson ahead of Bates. Reader's a high-quality player, too, on the nose, but he's a nose. Right. You know. So, when I look at the Bengals defensively, and I'm trying to think, a map out a plan for the Steelers, how they should mm -hmm. attack them. I, I think a lot of the time this year we're going to say, you got to attack on the run. I mean, it's just what the Steelers' sure. offensive DNA is going to be. If they want to have any success, they should have success on the ground with Najee. They were the fifth-best rush defense in the NFL last year, yeah. and like you said, they still got dudes up front. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the best option, whereas attacking over the middle with Firemuth, maybe trying to expose some of these tight ends. I know that the safeties, Bell and Bates, can come up and help a lot in that sure. department. But that really seems to me like the best spot to go at them play action a lot of over the middle 15 20 yards down the field i just I don't know if the steelers so. have enough time in the pocket to do that kind of stuff with yeah. hendrickson and sam hubbard i mean we're going to face the same dilemma when the, every the single Bengals week have right? the ball, and every single week yeah, when right. you know there's no doubt about that um this is a team and a defense and an offense that there aren't massive holes you know places to attack as it stands now right i think you know to your point the Steelers are going to attack the field no matter who the opponent is way, way more than they did in the last year, which will open up things for the run game. But it comes down to the O-line. I mean, can the O-line – the O-line doesn't have to be, you know, great. It, can right. they be below average? I would take below average because I think the athleticism of the quarterbacks and the scheme will help them to some degree. And I think the Steelers – This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Skill guys are very dangerous. Looking at that offensive side of the ball for Cincinnati, one of the most explosive offenses in the entire NFL last yeah. year. 5.9 yards per play. Uh, only four teams eclipsed six yards all of last year. And they were one of seven offenses to score three or more touchdowns per game last season. Uh, they operate out of 11 personnel, 77% of the time, one back, one tight end. Uh, Rams were the only team in the league that operated out of 11 personnel more than the Cincinnati Bengals, and that makes total sense. You want to get sure. as many of those receivers on the field as you possibly can. 
Their head coach came from the Rams organization. They have <laughs> so three go. really good tight you know, three really good receivers after drafting Chase. So you know what you're gonna get. You know, you're gonna get Mixon, you're gonna get a tight end, and you're gonna get three receivers, all of whom are good. Um, now you have a better line. And uh, Chase is a special player. He's phenomenal after the catch. He is an explosive, rare talent. Higgins is a number one for most teams, but a two here. Um, they're hard to deal with. And some of Burrow's numbers are unbelievably impressive. I'm sure we'll get to those too. But if you remember at this time last year, boy, I'm not sure if Burrow's going to be ready. He's coming off a knee. Right. You know, and Doesn't they... look the best. Jamar Chase right. can't catch the ball. Right. He's talking about the right. stripes. Right. Right. They don't exactly. have white stripes like in college. I can't see it as well. He's going to be a boss. That right. no good. And, and then know. what was it like? It was like. Ten minutes into the Minnesota game, it was Burrow to chase for like a seventy-yard touchdown. Like, oh, I think it'll be fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, things are figured out in Cincinnati. But what they did a little bit, and this really went for about the first three months of the season, just didn't ask a lot out of Burrow yet in terms of passing volume. You know, they especially were more early downs. Game. Exactly, they ran the exactly. ball a lot more early downs, and then you saw yep. like, it was about fifty percent of the time they'd run the ball, which is a high. And then high it was percentage. like sixty-three percent, and they passed the ball on early downs around like week fifteen-ish is when they started to do that. Absolutely, and through the playoffs, and they were much more explosive. And I think that's the strategy they'll take from here on. And uh, some of the numbers I dug up about Burrow were remarkable. Were he was the most accurate quarterback in the league. Yep, 70% completion percentage. And he produced the most per- completion in the league. Like, usually it's one or the other, you know. So he's making tough throws down the field. A lot of it's run after the catch. But he's also remarkably accurate. It's a rare combination. And you know he's tough as can be and leader and all those type of things. He's a great player. Yeah, that's exactly what I wrote down in my little notes here. You combine a completion percentage like that, as well as averaging the highest yards per completion, that's just the juggernaut. Like, you can't do anything about that if you're a defense. And I often wonder, you know, getting to Joe Burrow, what is it that he does so great? Like, you know, like Rodgers is his pinpoint accuracy when Mm -hmm. he can move the ball. Mahomes kind of got the same thing. Allen's got the cannon for an arm, but also has the running traits. Lamar obviously has the running traits. Like, all elite quarterbacks kind of have that one thing that just separates them from everybody else. And maybe it's accuracy with Joe Burrow, and that would certainly, the numbers would certainly say that. But, man, it just might be a bit of everything. And, yeah. and I hate to always keep going to, he reminds me of Brady, because it's unfair to think he'd win as much as Brady, and he probably won't. But he, he really does just remind you of Brady, maybe with just a little bit more skill than Brady ever had, too. A better athlete than Brady, yeah. too. I mean, he's not a great runner, but he's fine. And if you leave him alone, he can get 10 yards if he yeah, needs to. Yeah, kind of like Rodgers did in his heyday, or young Stafford, where you turn your back on him, he picks up eight yards, first down, slides, you know, that type of deal. Um, smart as could be, unbelievably rare competitor, um, leader, you know, like with all respect to their head coach, I already think it's Burroughs team. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) he's a guy they run through the wall for, um, this isn't some of the sacks uh, were on him, you know, like holds the ball too long. He will hold the ball too long because he always wants to make a play. Um, and it's taken a beating over his career already because of it. I Mm -hmm. mean, everyone blames the line. That sounds familiar. We've we've seen a quarterback like that around these parts for a while. Sacks are a quarterback stat as they much as they are an O-line stat. So that's one thing that I think the Steelers, even with a rebuild offensive line, can exploit. But we'll see. Um, he's phenomenal. I mean, if we were taking any quarterback to, to build a team around in this division, I would pick Burrow. What, let's expand that. If you were to pick any quarterback to build a team around, I think you'd probably go Mahomes and Allen first, but is Burrow creeping up to that number three, number four spot in your mind? He's in that neighborhood. Right. Um, Herbert's probably slightly right, above point. him, you know, but yeah, he's right in that top five for sure. 
Now, Jamar Chase is obviously his primary weapon on offense, but it's an absolutely loaded offense. Uh, reigning rookie of the year. After Week 15, you noted this a lot in your, your Steelers notes column for this game. The Bengals really took off after Week 15. Yeah, I mean, they really the, did. The offense exploded. The, um, they rested the passing in game week 18, exploded. Basically, right. And that was really their only loss from that point until until Super the Rams Bowl. beat right. them in the Super Bowl. But, but Jamar, they let the, the place on fire offense. From week 15 on for Jamar Chase, 7.2 catches per game, 126 yards, and he at least had a touchdown in every single game that's on crazy. average. It's insane. Um, and that's you know that's at the point where it's week 15. We know. like We all know Jamar Chase oh, is a legit anybody. number yeah. one wide receiver now, and he's still putting up even better numbers. Uh, the Chiefs game in the regular season was just eye-opening. When yeah. they beat Kansas City the first time, he, he was a complete switch flipper in that game and completely changed the momentum for them. But you look at T. Higgins, and this is a guy that's probably a number one on a lot of other teams just stuck in the shadow of a monster right now. Yeah, yeah. What he's done through two years is in a remarkable pace. It's unbelievably consistent, contested catch guy, middle of the field dude, red zone player. Um, Coming off an injury, and he hasn't played yet. I'm sure he'll be fine, but who knows. Um, Yeah, you're 100% right. And one caveat I wanted to throw out there is one of those games late in the regular season – was against a Ravens team that at that point had you and me playing corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And Burrow lit them on fire too. Of course and he did. Showed yeah. no you know reluctance at all and just kept the foot on the accelerator against a divisional foe. There's also Tyler Boyd, who I think is probably the best number three wide receiver in the entire NFL. Yeah. Um, one quick note before talking about him a bit. The Bengals had two pass catchers, Higgins and Chase, that had a thousand yards last year. Only the Ravens, Chargers, Bucks, and Chiefs were able to do that as well. But, you know, Tyler Boyd as a number three, you can't get much better than that. Uh, he'd, again, he'd be a number two. Like I said, with T. Higgins being a number one on a lot of teams, Boyd right. would be a number two on a lot of teams. They'd have they a big, all complement each other well, too. Yeah. And that's the other thing, Matt. They're different. And that, I think this goes back to Burrow. His ability to keep all these mouths fed, granted, yeah, it's, right, it's right. only been one year, but. Happy it was remarkable. Right. I mean, he's showing up in the te- with the T-shirts with all three of the wide receivers in the caricature. <laughs> like, he's a really team player that has these guys wrapped around his finger, yeah. and that's something to keep an eye on as you move forward because that's tough to do, and right. there's a ton of mouths to feed on that Bengals offense. But so far, he's been phenomenal at it. Yeah, and it, right now they have the luxury of you know, Burrow and the top two guys are on their rookie deals. At some point, they're going to have to pick and choose where their money goes to, but right now – Everyone's happy as can be, and Joe's the leader, and he feeds them all. And as I mentioned, very different skill set between the three of them. You know, Boyd's the tough guy, prototypical slot dude from Pittsburgh, you know, and easy to root for, you know. Now they did lose Uzama at the tight end spot, yep. and I don't think that really matters though. No, they, it they didn't target him much. Fifteen point four percent of the target share for the offense went to tight ends last year. So very I know low. Uzama. Yeah. Cu- I think he had like a game where he had like two or three touchdowns. So he had some splashy performances. But he was not really the biggest factor in that offense. No. They're not going to miss him much. They they use that guy to block a lot, especially yeah. last year when the O-line was as bad as it was. And they may have upgraded to Hayden Hurst. You're right. It might Maybe. end up being yeah. a happy upgrade, but I still don't see them getting much more target shares, no. that, that tight end group. There's just too many other mouths that are more deserving of the ball. Uh, and again, we talk about this wide receiver core so much the, as if they're not spoiled enough. They also have a great running back in Joe Mixon. They do. I mean, 1,000-yard rusher last year was third in the NFL – um, he's great in the passing game too. He can be a nice little safety valve for Joe Burrow if he needs it. But he is a legit top five running back in this league. And if they can get him moving a lot, especially in this game against the Steelers and gashing the Steelers on the ground, it makes a quarterback in Joe Burrow, who's already great, life so much easier. Oh yeah, I mean he's a tremendous talent. 
We know why he wasn't an early pick when he came out in the draft. First rounder, probably, if there wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a top 10 type guy, in my opinion. The one thing I don't understand, and I know why they do it, is in real passing situations, he's not on the field, and that's the opportunity they give him to take a breather. In terms of usage, that's what's a little different between him and I can Najee. See, even though he's good at it, I see that making yeah. sense when you have so many other weapons. Yeah, and that's when they give him a break. But like in the fantasy world, that hurts him a little bit here and there. He doesn't catch many passes on third down, things like that. But he's capable. He's the one guy, if I had to tab one of these, you know, the big four, uh, the three wide receivers and then him as a running back, mm-hmm. if anyone's going to get the boo-boo face, I think it could be him. Just because I could see, <laughs> a, I could see a lot of games where Burrow just says, I'm just going to go shotgun and we're going to pass the ball all the time because yeah. I'm having a lot of success at it. So I'm just going to kind of maybe forget about mixing. And like you said, he might not be out there for a lot of those mm-hmm. pass, uh, pass packages. So maybe he's the one guy that can maybe get a little bit angry, but he scored a ton of touchdowns last yeah. year. So as long as he gets he's in the end zone, I don't think he's going to care that much. Uh, the biggest thing challenging them, and I think you touched on this being the thing the Steelers need to capitalize on the most, is that offensive line for the Bengals. It was the worst in football last year. 51 times Joe Burrow was sacked. That was the most in the league. Nine times against the Titans in a playoff game that they won, which is absurd to think about. Right. <laughs> I think it was the most sacked a quarterback's ever been in a playoff win. I, I think I, you're I right, believe right. that that was a stat that they kept throwing out there. So they needed to redo that offensive line, and they did so more than ever. A complete rehaul brought in some really high-priced, talented guys. Not so much like world beaters though it's not like they brought yeah. in three all pros but like they definitely spent a considerable amount of money on some upgrades for sure yeah and this could apply to the Steelers this upcoming offseason you know like I, I'm not sure what the best route to do this is and I do think that there's people out there looking at the upgrades and going oh this is fixed I mean Alex Kappa and, and Karras are fine but they're not John Hanna and Mike Webster right. you know what I mean Collins is a good right tackle. Williams, the left tackle, has been a foundational player for him, but he's not a top 10 left tackle. It's much, much, much better. But I don't think it's a great group. And the left guard spot's the weakness, where I think Cam Hayward lines up all day long. And that transitions nicely to our key matchup portion of the advanced scout. Uh, the first one that you have listed here, Matt, is the Bengals left guard Cordell Volson versus Steelers defensive lineman Cam Hayward. Uh, like you said, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Leal Collins, all good pieces to help fortify mm-hmm. that line. And then uh, Jonah Williams has been there for a couple years now. It really is Cordell's question mark when it comes That's to the, the what the weakest spot's going to be. And couldn't think of a better guy to line up against him than number 97. That's what I would do. I'd put him right over him all day long. Um, and, and the other issue there is, as we've talked about, uh, of all those linemen, the left guard position is the only guy that's played at all in the preseason. So... I think it's a risky move by that coaching staff to say, we're going to put in four new starters and not have them play together at all. I mean, picking up blitzes and stunts. I mean, that's one thing I would try to exploit in terms of just the mental um, aspects of changing protections and blitzes and things. They just haven't played together. Yeah, so the Steelers should hopefully be able to take some advantage of a raw offensive line that has not much of experience. Mm -hmm. But Burrow hasn't played with them. But as much right. as Burrow can hurt the offensive line by holding on to the ball for too long, he can also help make them look a lot better than by just oh, being yeah. a phenomenal quarterback. And our final key matchup to keep an eye on on Sunday uh, against the Bengals, the Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool against a familiar face, Bengals cornerback Mike Hilton. Hilton with his, I think, second year in yeah. Cincinnati now. Uh, fantastic slot guy, great slot blitzer, but he can definitely get caught on an island out there against some bigger wide receivers, which Claypool is. Yeah, I mean, we all love Mike Hilton, respect him. You know, he, he's a great blitzer. He's tough as could be. 
But every morning when he wakes up, he's very small. He's Mike Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And Chase Claypool has a massive size advantage against him. You're seeing more and more slot receivers in this Claypool mold, the big slots, because all the slot corners are little. And that's what an advantage the Steelers might have much of the year. I mean, Hilton's a really good player, but it's just a matchup size thing. And I think that the, that's definitely something the Steelers will be uh, focusing on when coming up with the offensive game plan against the Bengals, attacking that slot. Although Deontay Johnson's still listed as doubtful, that might ruin some things. You might have to bump Chase Claypool to the outside. Yes. They're deep enough to deal with a position like or a nagging injury at wide receiver when they're fully healthy otherwise. But with Austin on the IR, too, I think this could be yeah. a real big problem for them if Deontay can't go. And I just saw this this morning. We're recording this on Tuesday evening, just so people know, because we I'm sure by the time a lot of people listen, we'll know if Deontay's playing sure. or not. But he has like he has a ridiculous number of targets in his last couple oh, games against the, against the Bengals, and that would be a loss. We don't know if he's going to practice or not or what his status is. We'll see. Steelers and Bengals, 1 o'clock kickoff at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati to get the NFL season started. Matt and I will be back again next week to break down the Steelers and the New England Patriots at the home opener at Acroshore Stadium. Enjoy the Steelers game against Cincinnati on Sunday. For Matt Williamson, I'm Tom Opperman, and this has been the Advanced Scout. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.